She's Tori. And he's Nick. And this is I Want to Rewatch. An X-Files adjacent podcast. Scooby-Doo, where are you? Episode 11. A gaggle of galloping ghosts. In this episode, well, on their way to Franken Castle, the gang stopped to get their fortunes told by a fortune teller. She warns them that they will meet their doom if they go to the castle. But, of course, they go to the castle anyway, where they are confronted by a trio of very familiar ghosts. Quote, unquote, ghosts. Hmm. Air quote ghosts, even more. Yeah. Its original air date was Saturday, November 22nd, 1969. So we get our opening sequence, and then we get our title card. And again, it's the animated version, which I think is going to be the standard now. Scooby-Doo, where are you? In a gaggle of galloping ghosts and gangs running. And then the episode itself starts, and it's a full moon. And we see a spooky castle complete with moat and drawbridge. And the camera zooms in on a figure in one of the towers. And it's a wolf man. And he sees something. And then the camera switches from over his shoulder, and we see that he sees the mystery machine driving on the road that seems to be approaching the castle. And Wolfman is all making some Wolfman noises, and then we cut to the van. In the van, Fred announces their destination, Franken Castle, the only castle imported stone by stone from Transylvania. Ooh. Velma cannot wait to see inside this castle. She is very excited. I am Velma. Daphne says she can't wait. She remembers hearing about how werewolves live in Transylvania. So Shaggy and Scooby are on Team Daphne. They're like, mm, we don't need to go. Then Shaggy sees a fortune teller's wagon on the side of the road. And Daphne is like, ooh, let's stop. And Velma says the fortune telling is a bunch of nonsense. But Shaggy and Scooby are still on Team Daphne. And Fred agrees that it might be fun. Yeah. I love that Like they've heard of werewolves from Transylvania because like... I have two, but I think I always think of vampires from Transylvania. So it's funny that werewolves was the first thing. Yeah, well, that's hmm. okay. I think we talked about this. For, well, we've talked about this previously, but people aren't going to hear it for a couple of months about my whole like wolfman werewolf slider thing of what is a wolfman and what is a werewolf. This character kind of is almost like right down the center so we're gonna probably go back and forth between wolfman they call him a werewolf i called him wolfman at first and then i think we switched to werewolf in the summary so yeah yeah so inside we see the fortune teller in front of her crystal ball and you know she's wearing the fortune teller garb she's got like the cloak and the headdress and the hoop earrings and she's a little witchy and she's like welcome my pretties you know, come sit down. And she knows that they're on a pleasure trip because she can see that. And the crystal ball fills with clouds or smoke. And she tells them that she sees great danger for them as long as they remain in these woods. And Daphne's like, what kind of danger? And she's like, evil forces from the land of the dead, which I don't, I mean, uh, I probably... (laughs) I mean, I'm with Daphne. I'd probably be like, okay, let's get out of these woods maybe. (laughs) So Scooby's like werewolves and hides because that's what he thinks. And Shaggy's like, there's no such thing as werewolves. And then Velma asks the fortune teller what her crystal ball says about Franken Castle. And she mentions that's where they're going. Velma just feeding the fortune teller information, basically. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's how psychics work. They're like, oh, yes, I did see a castle in your future. No. (laughs) So she's like, not the castle. 
the caretaker ran away in fear today. And so she warns them if they go to the castle, they will meet their doom. Ooh. So again, I probably, I don't know. I mean, on one hand, I'd be like, well, Transylvanian castle, my odds of vampires are very high, but <laughs> odds of my doom from this fortune teller also high. That's going to be a tough call for me. I got to say. Yeah. Unless the doom is just becoming a vampire, which is not that doomy to me. So becoming a vampire or becoming vampire food. Cause like, yeah, I mean, there's a difference, a right? A yeah. Difference. yeah. Yeah. And that, that is the fear, right? That's the line <laughs> you're walking. Ooh, it's dangerous yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so back in the van, Daphne suggests that maybe they shouldn't go to Franken castle because what if the fortune teller is right? And Shaggy agrees because those werewolf cats come out during full moons like tonight. So he's not hip to that. Yeah, he's apparently and, changed his mind on believing in werewolves. So, yeah. Really, he was telling Scooby <laughs> there's no such thing as werewolves. Now he's like, mm, no, those werewolves come out and they're in the full moon. And tonight, well, the full moon. Yeah. Their doom was just prophesized. <laughs> it does make you reevaluate things. <laughs> and Velma's like, that's all nonsense. So then they arrive at the castle and the drawbridge is raised. And Shaggy's like, oh, too bad. I guess we got to go home. And then lightning strikes around the castle. Yeah, and Fred says they should at least get out and look around the castle, right? Fred. Yep. And then there's more lightning. And Fred is like, wow, because he's impressed by the lightning. And Daphne notes that there isn't a cloud in the sky. So there's lightning, no clouds. Mm, weird. Weird. Yeah. Then suddenly the drawbridge comes down. And Fred assumes that the caretaker must have come back and is letting them in. So they all get out of the van. And they're walking across the drawbridge. But as they're partway across, this dude dressed like Dracula appears in the doorway. Wah! And he tells them to turn back if they ever want to see the sun again. And Velma tells him to knock it off. Like he's, she figures <laughs> he's just messing with them. She's like, knock it off. We have permission <laughs> to be favorite. here. Because <laughs> she's just really like, he's dressed like a vampire and very much like, if you ever want to see the sun again, stay away. And he's all dramatic. And she's like, Stop it. We have permission. <laughs> like, it's just so great. I, love I know this it is so your much. job, but we don't need it. Okay. You're wasting your time. Yeah, she's us. like, you know, I don't have time for vampire nonsense. Again, I relate to Velma a lot in this episode. I think it's great. <laughs> he tells them to go and then he turns into a giant bat and flies towards them. Maybe not an actor. Who knows? Anyway, so they all run back to the van except Daphne because she's apparently like petrified. So she's just standing in the middle of the drawbridge. But then the drawbridge raises partway. And Daphne slides down and is trapped on the other side. She's like, help, you guys, you got to help me. And then a Frankenstein monster appears and starts chasing Daphne. And so she really calls for help because the monster is chasing her around the perimeter of the castle. So they can see the monster like chasing her. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. So there's this musical called I'm Sorry, the Bridge is Out which I know because when I was like 12 or 13, around the time I was watching the X-Files, me and my brother were in a like children's summer production of I'm Sorry, the Bridge is Out. And it is exactly what you would expect. It's got like Dracula and he's hosting this party and there's Frankenstein. And I played the mummy. No. Oh. I was also a Draculette, so I was one of the vampires. Like, oh, a Draculette. Okay. Yeah. And um, my brother played Jonathan Harker. And he, during the production, he got stuck in a coffin because someone forgot to say their line and get him out. And so then he was on stage in the coffin for like 
20 minutes during one show oh. anyway but yeah i'm sorry the bridge is out. it's a really obscure weird little musical and it's all about a castle just like this full of these exact same monsters so that's what i was thinking of when i was watching this and also oh. the bridge is out now so they have to like get across anyway yeah, yeah. anyhow it's more, that was... it's more up than out but yeah same idea. yeah i mean yeah either way you can't get across right yeah. so <laughs> So Fred grabs a rope and then he lasses a gargoyle so that Shaggy and Scooby can like swing across and they're like, uh, nope. But Velma reminds them like they have to save Daphne. So they, they don't really have a choice here. So they swing across and as they're swinging, an alligator pops up out of the moat and tries to bite them, but they are just high enough that it doesn't get them. Dang alligator too, man. I know this castle's got everything. It's great. So Shaggy tells Scooby to stand guard while he figures out how to work the drawbridge mechanism. And Scooby agrees, but then the werewolf appears and he runs away. And Shaggy finally figures out he needs to slide the locking bar to work the winch for the drawbridge. But then he like pulls it out and the werewolf pushes it back in. So he thinks it's Scooby and he's like, stop messing around, Scoob. And then he turns around and he sees the werewolf. (gasps) So Shaggy runs and, you know, as he's running, he's like, Scooby-Doo, where are you? And the werewolf chases him. But then a suit of armor sticks out a foot after Shaggy runs past and it trips the werewolf. So the werewolf goes flying and he crashes off screen. And we find out it was Scooby in the suit of armor. So Scooby then joins Shaggy in running from the werewolf. And they end up in this large parlor that has this old grand piano and more suits of armor. And so Shaggy hides in a curtain window and Scooby climbs into the piano and closes the lid. So that's where he's going to hide. Yeah, he gets his tail stuck first and he has to pull his tail back in. Yeah. Probably didn't feel he closes his lid on his tail, which is not great, I imagine. But, you know. No. Yeah. So then the werewolf runs in and Shaggy peeks out of the curtain. He's like, I guess it's time for some ventriloquism. So he's going to use his ventriloquism again, which I think he hasn't used since the first episode with the knight when he's using it to trick the knight. Yeah. Similar circumstances here. And so he insults the werewolf and the werewolf totally destroys the suit of armor that Shaggy's voice seemed to be coming from. So despite that, Shaggy thinks this is great and he does it again. And this time the werewolf picks up an entire suit of armor with poleaxe and hurls it across the room and it crashes into the piano. The axe splits the piano in half and then Scooby peeks out from the rubble and his nose is like inches from the axe blade. And he's like, whoa. And then the ground is covered in piano keys. Hmm. So Scooby got kind of lucky. Yeah, I know. Also, the werewolf is pretty strong because he's like picking up suits of armor and hurling them across the room. Yeah. And as we know from an episode of Kolchak that we will talk about in a few months that we've already watched, suits of armor can weigh like 400 pounds, I think. Well, with the person inside. With the person. Yeah. Yeah, So probably probably a couple hundred. But still, that's heavy. You know? Yeah. Because he just like deadlifts it. Yeah. Yeah. So the werewolf is looking around and then we hear another growling and roaring creature from like off screen and the werewolf turns and it's actually Scooby and he's got a mouthful of piano keys, like giant teeth. And he's like, all walking on two <laughs> legs and got his arms raised. It's all, Rrr. and this kind of actually mm, maybe not scares the werewolf. The werewolf is like, what? And so like he's stepping <laughs> back away from this new monster, right? So Scooby is approaching the werewolf is like backing up. Whoa, what's going on? And as he does, Shaggy drops a chandelier on the werewolf, which like lands around him and like pins his arms to his body. So he's trapped and he can't get out. And he's all <laughs> And then Shaggy and Scooby run away and the werewolf just keeps on snarling and starts getting really mad. So he's trying to get out of the chandelier. Yep. And then it's commercial. Yep. yep. 
Got to get those ad dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Capitalism is great. Scooby-Doo should have thought about Patreon and then they wouldn't have to have ads. But anyway. <laughs> so even though Shaggy never got around to lowering the drawbridge, somebody did because Velma and Fred have gotten across. So either they got across the bridge or they figured out another way. They're resourceful. They could probably figure out another way. Maybe Fred had more rope and they swung across. Who knows? I mean, possibly. Yeah. But either way, they can't find Shaggy, Scooby or Daphne. So they enter this huge dining hall and it's got a roaring fire in the fireplace. And Fred says, someone must be expecting them for dinner. And Phil was like, well, as long as we're not the dinner. And then there's like this theater box balcony that's like above the dining hall. And they see the Dracula guy. And he tells them that they were warned. Now they will spend the rest of their lives within the castle walls. And then he turns into a giant bat again and flies at them. And so they duck under one of the dining tables. Oh, man, this dude. I know. Yeah, I mean. I feel like Dracula would just generally be more hospitable. So, like, I know this isn't the real Dracula because there's no way he's going to, like, attack you. He's going to invite you in. I mean. And then attack you. Yeah, might not. I mean. He is a very stylish Dracula vampire dude because, like, he's got, like, the red line cape. And then when he turns into the giant bat, the bat wings are, like, red line, too. It's pretty sweet. So Yeah, it is a pretty sweet bat. So Velma crawls along, like, under the table, but then she smacks her head and her glasses fall off. And so she can't find them. And so she's crawling along, hoping to find them. And she crawls right into a secret passage that's in the fireplace. So like the fireplace has lifted up. She crawls through and then it closes behind her. She's lucky it was a secret passage because she was just hauling butt into that fireplace. It's true. It's true. I don't know why she just kept going. Like if she can't find her glasses, like, yeah, they're going to be like 20 feet away from where they fell off. Sure. I mean, (laughs) they might have skittered across the floor. (laughs) But anyway, Fred looks around and he calls out for her, but she's gone. She's not in the room anymore. And he doesn't know where she is. Yeah. Fred loses people around fire a lot, actually, because in the um, in the dog napping episode, remember Daphne disappears when Fred's checking out the big like fire altar kind of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. So inside some kind of kitchen. The door of an oven opens, and we see that Shaggy and Scooby are inside, and they're looking out, hoping they finally ditched the werewolf. So they apparently did, and they come out, and Shaggy suggests that they celebrate, give an old fuzzy face a slip with a snack. And so he tells Scooby to check the fridge. And so Scooby opens the fridge, and then he calls Shaggy over, and inside there's a jar of pickled bat wings, which Shaggy says yuck, and then another jar of werewolf snacks, chunky style. And then another jar labeled fried moonbeams, which were apparently new and improved. Shaggy seems particularly disgusted by the fried moonbeams for some reason, because they get a double yuck yuck. So I would imagine hmm. the werewolf snacks, though, might not be too bad. They're probably like jerky or something, maybe. I don't know. Well, that's what I was thinking. Anyway. is like if it's a werewolf snack, it might be similar to a Scooby snack. Or maybe. Something. Yeah. And the pickled bat wings, eh, the fried moonbeams confuse me, I have to say. Yeah, I don't know if Moonbeam is a name for like a mushroom or something. Maybe, or maybe it's just like deep fried air. So it's like just all like crust. And then like, I have no idea. Anyway, (laughs) we don't know. They don't pull any out and try them. So no, they're like, no, thanks. So they close the fridge. They're done. So Shaggy tells Scooby to check out the pantry and he's going to go check out some canisters on some shelves. So Scooby goes over to a door that's marked pantry. Keep out. And he kind of peeps through the keyhole and then he opens the door. And inside the pantry is the Frankenstein monster. So Scooby runs and he knocks over the ladder that Shaggy's standing on. And Shaggy was holding this canister. And so Shaggy flies up from the ladder being hit. And the canister flies up. 
and the canister lands on the monster and it was apparently either like full of flour or cornstarch or something because like his head and shoulders get covered in this white stuff so they're running and shaggy like jumps on a meat hook that's like on a rail on the ceiling shooting across the room get scooby scooby thinks the monster got him but shaggy's like no it's fine it's me so they're like both hanging on this meat hook they're going across the room and the monster is like trying to chase them but also it's like keep stopping to like rub the powder from his eyes because he can't see and then shaggy and scooby go into a dumbwaiter and then the doors close and then apparently the dumbwaiter just like plummets because we see at the door close we see the crank candle on the wall just like spinning around mm-hmm. so yeah i guess they got away at least so. yeah And then we see Velma and she's feeling along the castle wall, calling out for Fred or Daphne. And she enters a room that's clearly like this dungeon slash torture chamber. And she can't really see anything without her glasses. So she thinks the skeleton chain to the wall might be shaggy. And then she's like, this must be a playroom because there's so many interesting toys. Yeah. The things she can apparently see are interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, whatever she's seeing is obviously not accurate to what's actually there. Yeah. But then she hears a noise. And even though she can't see, she kind of starts running because she's like, oh, no, a noise. And she collides with a large barrel and she flips over it. And then a panel inside the wall slides open and Shaggy and Scooby slide into the room and land on the floor. And Shaggy also sees the skeleton just like Velma did. And he tells Scooby that it must be an old torture chamber. And Scooby's like, we should go back up the slide because, you know, <laughs> don't want to be in here, which, you know, don't disagree. And Shaggy says, oh, that old skeleton can't hurt us. And then as they walk, this pair of eyes from like inside what looks like an Iron Maiden follow them. Ooh. So then Scooby suddenly smells something and he's like, Ruby Rex. And Shaggy's like, that's ridiculous. There can't be Scooby snacks down here. And then a Scooby snack comes flying out of a barrel and Scooby's like, oh. right and shaggy is just like you've got like this look on his face he's like stunned and then he's like i can't believe it and he's like who did that and then velma pops up and like it's me and she sure is glad that they showed up and then she asks shaggy if he has her extra glasses and he does and he pulls them out of his pocket and so she puts them on and i hope they actually go back and look for her lost ones at some point because with her prescription those glasses cannot be cheap so she's always losing glasses yeah as someone who wears glasses yeah not cheap at all which especially if she's doing the the featherweights because otherwise her glasses are going to be like god knows how thick the fancy lenses so they're thinner but then still have the super prescription those are expensive so yeah for sure my wife has those she's almost Velma so yeah (laughs) anyway so Velma puts her glasses on and she's like, oh, how did I get in this horrible room? <laughs> suddenly realize she's in a torture chamber. And then suddenly they hear Daphne calling out for help. So they follow the sound to this grate in the floor. And apparently there's a dungeon below the torture chamber dungeon. I guess maybe like the cells or something. Yeah, you know, you got to bring people up to torture and then you got to put them back when you're done oh, okay. and torture yeah. someone else. I yeah. would just think it would be like all like on the same level just in a different room (laughs) whatever and daphne says a weird man chased her into the room and locked the door so then behind them we see the iron maiden open and it's apparently just an iron sarcophagus and not because there's no spikes inside like an iron maiden would have anyway and the dracula dude is in there and he comes out and he starts walking towards them with his arms out like he's gonna push them although he's like prepared way ahead of time because he hasn't got there yet he's like oh (laughs) so and then it's commercial Doing the monster walk, the I guess kind of it's like walk. he's doing mime or something, like he's pushing like a big refrigerator or something. He's like, Ooh. <laughs> Look, Draculas can be mimes too, okay? 
Let's not limit hobbies just because someone's <laughs> undead. Doesn't mean they can't perform my Yeah, their face is already kind of whitish. So, you know. Yeah, you know, they're halfway yeah. there. Yeah. So Velma, Shaggy, and Scooby have removed the grate, and Shaggy lowers the rope down to Daphne. And the Dracula dude is like gonna sneak up from behind them and like push them all into the dungeon with Daphne. So that's his plan. And Scooby's holding the excess rope in his mouth, and he turns around and he sees the Dracula dude. So he growls and runs at Dracula and then around him several times, which of course like ties up his legs. You know, the rope gets bound around his ankles. And the Dracula guy's like, stop that, you mutt, in his Dracula voice, which I can't really do. (laughs) And then we see Daphne's out of the hole, and Shaggy's like, let's get out of here. But Scooby has a plan, and he's got the rope that's tied around the vampire's ankles, and he's dragging him to the pit. And the vampire falls into the dungeon and is like, you'll pay for this. You haven't escaped me yet, you know, as people do when they're falling and whatever. (laughs) And so they close, they have him in there. And I'm thinking like, okay, you guys have trapped the bad guy. Like, that's good. Let's, you know, you're, you're done now. But instead they all run into the iron sarcophagus, which is another secret passage. So yeah, Yeah, lots of secret passages in this castle, I have to say. Well, it was imported brick by brick from Transylvania. I don't know what else you would expect. Of course, it's got lots of secret passages. So I guess actually they're not that secret because someone had to reassemble the castle unless they killed it after they did it. So Yeah, probably. Yeah, which is apparently a thing. I don't think it really happens in real life, but you always hear the stories about like, you know, you hired the workers to build your secret whatever, and then you kill them after they're done so they can't divulge your yeah, I think H.H. Yeah. Holmes might have done some of that. Yeah, well, I think he sure fired that. people. I don't think he, well, he may have killed people. He killed a lot of people, so he may have killed some of them. But I think he just, he would stop paying people. And then so they oh, would quit. So they would go away. Yeah, because yeah. he basically never, he was like the Donald Trump of like serial killers. He like never paid for anything and just like. Yeah, no, like, he fine. didn't. He, yeah. <laughs> which, I mean, look, I don't want to support serial killing as a thing, but like pay your fucking shit because people are going to come after you if you don't. <laughs> Yeah. well apparently not though in this case so you know, hey. well no he got away with a lot i don't even he was a white dude in like the late 1800s early 1900s no one cared yeah do whatever the frick he wanted i mean it's pretty much the same today to be honest yep <laughs> cool anyway so then the four of them so shaggy and scooby and daphne and velma they were walking through a hallway and the hallway is getting darker and darker and darker. So Velma says like, I can't hardly see anything even with my glasses on. And she tells them all to stay really close. And then it's like just pitch black. So basically our screen is black and we hear voices, right? They're talking and Daphne sees what looks like a crack of light. And then we see it and it's actually the light around a door. So Velma and Daphne open the door, which leads into another room, but Shaggy and Scooby aren't behind them anymore. They disappeared. Oh, <gasps> Oh, no. But Fred is in the room. He's like, I don't know if he's getting ready to climb up a ladder or just climb down a ladder, but he's kind of like posed on a ladder with like one leg up (laughs) and like, hey, gang. And Velma tells him they found Daphne in a dungeon. And Daphne says she found Clue and she's holding a sheet of paper. So apparently when she was in the dungeon, she whipped out her paper and pencil and she wrote down a message that was scrawled on the dungeon wall and was dated. I'm glad they're dating their graffiti on the dungeon walls was dated 1668 and it says i have fooled them all i may perish but i'll be as rich as king tut (laughs) 
love the idea of someone in 1668 just like making sure they put the date at the end probably their initials too they're probably like signed maybe by. yeah yeah so maybe yeah. daphne wasn't so great at maybe she didn't put it by yeah maybe she if she'd written it we would know who wrote it but we don't anyway mm. velma says that king tut was an egyptian and that they buried their wealth with them and fred says this calls for a trip to the franken crypt but first, they have to find Scooby and Shaggy. So I'm glad they decided, like, you know, we need to find Scooby and Shaggy first before we go to the crypt. So that's, that's nice. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure Shaggy Usually he's more will... interested in solving the mystery than he is. Like, they'll catch up. Yeah. So that's And good. I'm sure Shaggy and Scooby will be really excited to go to the crypt. So that'll I'm be sure. fun. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Shaggy and Scooby are crawling through kind of like a castle equivalent of an air shaft. And they exit and they find themselves in this laboratory full of, like, beakers and equipment and tables and just all sorts of stuff right yeah and so under a sheet on a gurney there appears to be a frankenstein monster so shaggy says that must be old squarehead taking a nap and he tells scooby to go pull off the sheet and shaggy gets like a fire hose ready so he's gonna like soak him and make him a soggy ghost which i'm glad the castle has a fire hose that's good it's good i don't i don't know if his plan to like soak a ghost is great but hey and so Scooby's like, yeah, froggy roast. And so Shaggy does a countdown and Scooby pulls the sheet off and he wraps himself in it as he kind of pulls it off. It like wraps around him, but it just reveals this wire frame shaped like a monster. And Shaggy unleashes the water and is like, take that ghost. But it hits the frame and bounces off and then it hits Scooby in the sheet instead. And so Shaggy apologizes to Scooby about the bath. But before he can turn off the water, Scooby grabs a medical tray and bounces the water back at Shaggy. So then Shaggy gets wet too. So they're both soaked. Yeah. So we're still in the laboratory. I think we just all like spooky mad scientist stuff. You have to say laboratory, but yeah, that's true. Laboratory, laboratory, whatever. Scooby and Shaggy are standing in front of this lab table and Shaggy is holding a beaker with a light blue liquid and a test tube that has some green liquid in it. And he says, I'll be the mad scientist. And that Scooby can be his assistant, Igor. And they're going to mix up a formula that turns werewolves into pussycats. So he pours the green stuff into the blue stuff, which then turns the whole thing green, but it starts to bubble. And he's like, Igor, give me a shot of that purple stuff. And so Scooby pours in a test tube of purple stuff. And then the whole thing turns orange and starts like giving off this orange smoke and keeps bubbling. And then behind them, there's a big computer and a panel opens up. And inside is the werewolf. And he's climbing out. So like another secret passage, maybe? I don't know. But man, oof. so Shaggy like is smelling their formula and not great smelling and neither of them want to try it. And so he's like, I call this a reject. And he throws it over his shoulder and the werewolf is like getting ready to come get them. He's like, all right, and got his arms up. But then the beaker lands at his feet and just explodes. Smoke everywhere. And then when the smoke clears, the werewolf is coughing and he's back in the computer and he closes the panel. And it all lights up and stuff like that. So, yeah. But so they apparently weren't aware that there was a werewolf about to get them. (laughs) Or that concern that like it exploded. Yeah. No, not at all. So they're still in the lab. And like you said, they're not really aware of what their close call they just had. And Scooby is walking around like the Frankenstein monster. And Shaggy tells Scooby he makes a good monster. And Shaggy makes a great mad doctor. So they're really proud of themselves for playing these roles, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, they're having a good time, around, but honestly. Yeah, they're having fun. Yeah. So he's like, come over here and I can operate. So like Scooby hops up on the gurney, but then 
there's another gurney kind of nearby and the real monster sits up from under a sheet and Shaggy sees him and he runs, but Scooby's still strapped to the gurney. I don't know. Why, I don't know. This is, I don't know why he strapped him down in the first place. Anyway, the monster pushes the Scooby gurney and that rolls and crashes into Shaggy and then Shaggy gets on the gurney and it keeps rolling and the monster chases after them. And then we have a commercial. Yeah. In kind of a weird commercial break moment, kind of, honestly. So, but then we come back and the gurney with Shaggy and Scooby is like goes through the doorway and Scooby, like they go through Scooby's like tail, like grabs the doorknob and it slams the door shut. And the monster like cartoon smacks into it. Boom. It's like all flat in the front. And then they pull the sheet out from under them and use it like as a shoot to slow the gurney. And it stops the very edge of this huge, like connected stairwell thing like you look down it's like it's almost like a mc escher kind of like stairwell thing it's just like crazy all kinds of stairs so it probably would not have been good if they had gone down those stairs but yay they didn't go down them so <laughs> so velma freddie and daphne appear behind them and velma chides them for just riding around on a cart for fun and shaggy pulls a pretty pissy face and says that they went and got themselves lost obviously daphne and velma went and got themselves lost it seemed like a pretty good idea yeah, he looks. He doesn't look happy at all. He's like, well, what else are we supposed to do? Yeah, so, they were having yeah. some fun. Come on. Yeah. And then they escaped near death with a monster. Let yeah. them be. And Fred is looking at Daphne's clue, which was originally a sheet of paper, but now is the spiral-bound notebook, so it, it got an upgrade. <laughs> and Fred says, since it's the only clue they have, they should head to the Frankencrypt. And Shaggy doesn't really know what a crypt is. I probably shouldn't tell him. But Velma tells him that a crypt is a tomb where you bury people. And Scooby apparently knows what a tomb is. So he hides under the sheet on the gurney. And he's like, I'm sick, you know, can't go. And <laughs> Shaggy's like, okay, but I'd hate to leave you there alone in case those creeps show up. And so then, you know, Scooby agrees to go with them because he doesn't want to be there by himself. Yeah. So in the crypt, there are several stone sarcophagi. Sarcophagus this is also correct, but sarcophagi is more fun to say. And there's also a huge tapestry with a coat of arms on it on the wall. And Fred says, we've looked everywhere and we can't even find a hint of a clue. Apparently Fred didn't look everywhere because then Daphne says the date on one of the sarcophagi is the same as in the clue she found, 1668. So Fred and Shaggy slide back the little sarcophagus. And inside is the Dracula guy, and he sits up and he's like, who dare disturb my sleep? And then Shaggy and Scooby hide behind the tapestry, and the vampire dude chases Fred and Velma and Daphne out of the crypt. Shaggy's like, if only we could set up a trap for that ghoulish ghost. And then he hears them coming back, and Scooby's like tugging on the tapestry. And so Shaggy helps Scooby pull down the tapestry. And at this point, we do see something when they're pulling down the tapestry, but we're going to skip it for now because they're going to discover it shortly. So we're not going to mention it so anyway, he and Shaggy stand by the doorway holding the tapestry. And then after the rest of the gang runs back into the crypt, Shaggy and Scooby pull the tapestry across the doorway and the vampire runs into it. But instead of it stopping him, his head just like pops through and then he keeps running and he's wearing like a giant poncho. Like he's just running yeah. <laughs> and he hops into the sarcophagus and the lid just slides shut automatically. So, yeah. And so Fred's like, all right, gang, we've got him trapped. I don't think he says all right, gang, but that's how Fred talks. And <laughs> He and Shaggy slide the lid open, but it's empty. <gasps> Except in the bottom, there's a ruby, a diamond, and a gold earring. 
And Fred scoops them up and he looks at the earring and he says he's seen it before. And Scooby finds a piece of tapestry, which is, you know, the same tapestry they were holding earlier. And he realizes there are pearls and rubies sewn into the back of it. And Velma's like, that's what Daphne's clue meant. The Franken jewels were sewn into the tapestry. And Daphne's like, oh, but the ghost disappeared with the tapestry. And Fred's like, well, this earring is just like the one the fortune teller was wearing. We better pay her another visit. Mm. Yeah. So we saw when they were pulling on the tapestry, we saw there's a bunch of jewels on the back right. of it. So, yeah. So inside the fortune teller's wagon, the fortune teller who is missing an earring. Suspicious. Yeah. She's like, oh, my pretties. I'm surprised to see you again. And she asked him if they enjoyed their trip to Franken Castle. And Fred is like, we might ask you the same thing. And she's like, me? I never go to the castle. Meanwhile, Scooby is like pulling out the tapestry from under her seat where she's sitting. And then the fortune teller stands up and he's like, give me that, you mutt. And he's got like a dude's voice and then yanks back the tapestry. And then they run out of the wagon with the tapestry. And underneath the robes, we see that fortune teller is wearing like men's pants and boots, which kind of look a lot like the Dracula dude's pants and boots, honestly. So Scooby chases after him and he grabs the tapestry and then he gives a big tug, which ends up with Scooby getting the tapestry. And the fortune teller on the ground, all tangled up in their robes and the headdress is all pushed over their face. And then a pair of headlights lights up the figure on the ground. And Velma's like, it's a police car. And then a cop slash sheriff says, the castle's caretaker reported some trouble up here. And he's like, who's that on the ground? And the fortune teller removes the headdress from their face. And the cop is like, it's Big Bob Oakley, alias the actor. He's a master of disguise and wanted in seven states. (laughs) Yep. And Fred's like, well, that explains a lot. Oakley has been haunting Franken Castle to keep people away because, as Daphne says, he was after the Franken jewels, which are woven into that tapestry. And then Oakley says what we've been waiting 11 episodes for. Yes, and I've gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for those blasted kids and their dog. Finally, finally, finally. <laughs> got the line. And the cop's like, well, then you kids deserve a big thanks. I'll take Oakley and the jewel tapestry into custody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we see the gang is having a picnic at night. They've got some sandwiches and fruit and cake and like a big summer sausage. And they're talking. And Velma says she still doesn't understand how Oakley pulled off that trick with the giant bat. And we see Shaggy has like two sacks of sandwiches it's like six or seven sandwiches high like that many pieces of bread and filling and he's like shuffling them together like a deck of cards and he pushes them together into one tall sandwich and he's like oh yeah we forgot to ask about that and then suddenly we hear the sound of a bat and daphne points as the giant bat swoops down towards them (gasps) everyone covers their heads but after the bat passes fred's like oh it's just a stuffed bat on a wire Sorry, Mr. Eddie, and that'll make sense to everyone listening, like in a couple months. So, yeah, that's right, Locke. <laughs> so then Scooby comes down the now completely visible wire, and as he's passing by Shaggy's ginormous sandwich, he eats about 90% of it. He just takes one big bite. He's like, come, my sandwich. <laughs> and Shaggy turns around and he says, he always knew Scooby was a little baddie. And we see Scooby sitting atop the bat, which is on the ground at the end of the wire. And he licks his lips and he's like, Ruby, Ruby, Roo. Yep. And then it's the end sequence and it's over. 
And I could have swore that the whole how someone in 1668 would know about King Tut was actually part of solving the mystery. Like, as soon as I saw it, I'm like, oh, Velma's going to be like, hey, how could someone in 1668 know about King Tut? He wasn't discovered until 1920. But apparently, maybe I, as a little kid, I was just like, hey, that's suspicious. But anyway, <laughs> so I could have swore that was part of the episode, but it wasn't. No. Yeah. And also, you know, that cop was either like Oakley's partner or he dumped Oakley's body in the woods and just disappeared with those jewels. So I was going to say, I, you know, I mean, I'm <laughs> not let the cop take it. But <laughs> I'm, I don't know if you should let the cop take it anyway. Yeah. I mean, there's no reason I couldn't be both. He could be like his partner and dump his body and take off with jewels. But yeah, I was like, yeah. mm. I think he's like, I'll take Oakley and this jewel tapestry into custody. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure you will. I bet. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all cops are <laughs> bastards. Anyway, <laughs> it's like that thing. Everything Scooby Doo taught us is that cops are bad at their jobs, and you know, so. <laughs> you need teenagers <laughs> to come through and solve the crime. I mean, I'm. Sh- it's like everything else, right? There, you know. Uh, obviously, there are, there are good. Of course, it's, there are good. The cops. institution itself is is broken horrible. and deeply yeah. damaged and <laughs> seeped in white supremacy and all sorts of awful, violent, militaristic like stuff and domestic violence yeah so i mean obviously there are good cops i've met good cops i've been friends with cops i had a boss who was a former cop who was freaking amazing and at this job it was um there was a news station at this job right and a helicopter actually caught fire like it it crashed and was like burning and like my ex-cop boss pulled a man out of the helicopter while it was burning and like saved his life so like you know obviously there you know it's not like everyone but you know the the saying is all cops are bastards because a lot of times you find out there's just so much corruption and horrible stuff going on in those industries and i mean and scooby-doo doesn't like disagree with that because like the cops the cops never solve anything on scooby-doo it's always there i was like this guy was wanted in seven states and we've been trying to find him for months and it's like you kids just like fixed everything so cool thanks dude we're gonna anyway take him and (laughs) leave bye Maybe we should cut this out before we lose our three Patreon subscribers. (laughs) Nah, they know. They know. If you guys are on our Patreon, you know what you're going to get when you listen to us. You know what's up. You know what's up. (laughs) That is right. Speaking of which, thanks for being a Patreon supporter. Thank you. And we hope you're enjoying this stuff and we're having fun doing it. So we hope you're enjoying listening. Yep. Talk to you next time. Bye. I Want to Rewatch is hosted by Tori and Nick and recorded at Black Cat Studios, currently with a cat on my lap. Hey, we do what it says on the tin, man. Although, yeah. oh, well, Locke is black and white, so that's Yeah, that he's, he's partially. Yeah. yeah. He's a tuxedo kitty. Yeah. Fancy. We're doing, we're getting fancy for the Patreon <laughs> episodes. You're all dressed up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my old baby. Episode production design and editing is by Lazy End Productions. Our music is Dark Science by David Hillowitz, and The Truth is What We Make of It by The Agrarians. Our premium feed is where you can find all of our X-Files adjacent bonus episodes covering television and films that are, you guessed it, X-Files adjacent. If you like these bonus episodes, tell a friend about our Patreon page. We'd love to have them join us. Speaking of which, be sure to join us next time as we rewatch episode 12 of Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Scooby-Doo and a Mummy 2. And try to figure out if the, the truth, truth is, is still, still out there. there.
clue we have we should head oh yeah yeah. yawn right in the middle of that and fred says and fred says and oh my god and fred says (laughs) since it's the only fred says since it's a hard one and fred says (laughs) jesus christ 